Well, Holmes, nearly there. Oh, look from the window, our first glimpse of the sea. I think of all the things I love, it's the sea breaking over the Cornish coast. You're a romantic at heart, Watson. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm looking forward to two weeks walking, swimming and fishing, and you, Holmes, are to do exactly the same. You're utterly tired out. As a doctor, I order complete rest. Well, from the plan you've just laid out, it seems to be quite the reverse. A very energetic holiday. I mean no studying and no getting involved in local criminal matters. Now, Watson, we're going to live at the Seagull Inn at Desert Point. Now, what possible crime could happen in such a remote spot? present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Lizard Point. of the year 1897 that Sherlock Holmes' iron constitution showed some symptoms of giving way in the face of constant hard work of a most exacting kind, aggravated perhaps by occasional indiscretions of his own. But he was induced at last to give himself a complete change of scene and air. And so it was that we found ourselves in train for Lizard Point, the southernmost tip of Cornwall. A carriage was waiting at the Falmouth station and I thoroughly enjoyed the long ride to the Seagull Inn. It was out of season, and I thought that perhaps we would be the only guests. However, there was another smart, foreign-looking gentleman signing the register. Please sign here, sir. Thank you. Will you be staying with us very long? I do not know. It, it depends upon so many things. Uh, perhaps a week. I shouldn't not think any longer... Is it convenient? Oh, are you? Bless you. Stay as long as you please. We aren't all that busy at this time of the year. Uh, room five, just along the corridor. Shall I have someone take your things? Uh, no, no, that is not necessary. I can manage myself. Uh, there we are, then, sir. There's your keys. If you like to take half a cider in the bar, it's right there on the left. No, no, thank you. I, I drink only wine. Uh, perhaps you can tell me, is it far from here to the place known as Cliff House? About 20 minutes walk along the cliff path. Turn left at the top of the lane and follow the path. Can't miss it. Greystone building. Looks right out over the sea. It is owned by Mr. Adam Leach. Is that not so? That's right. Why, Adam's right there in the bar at this very moment. Ah, then perhaps I shall take a drink. Uh, after all, uh, thank you. Ah, good afternoon to you, good sirs. You must be the two gentlemen who made reservations. Uh, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson from London. That'll be right. Yes, that is correct. I'm Watson, and this is Sherlock Holmes. How do you do? How do you do, if you'd be so kind as to sign the register? Uh, you have rooms uh, 8 and 10, with a connecting sitting room between. Nice view, right out to see. Oh, thank you. That sounds ideal. Holmes? Oh, certainly. Uh, if you could have our cases taken to the rooms, I think 
Watson and I will take up a suggestion of a drink in the bar straight away. It's been a long and very tiring journey. Very sensible. I'll be joining you myself very shortly, once the wife comes off duty. <laughs> to the left there, gentlemen. No, thank you. Come on, Watson. I'll buy you your favorite cider. The bar of the Seagull Inn was obviously the gathering place of all the local residents of Lizard Point. There were not many in there when Holmes and I entered, but perhaps half a dozen. Behind the bar was a buxom Cornish woman, who I assumed correctly to be the landlord's wife. She was talking to a strong, middle-aged man, whose weather-beaten face was topped by a mop of the most luxurious silver hair I've ever seen. Uh, I won't be doing with it, Arthur. Ain't no nothing in her own mind, and he's too smooth, too clever behalf. But nice and well behaved, Adam. No one in these parts has anything against him. We was all young once, you know. I still be against it. Oh, oh but uh, enough of that. You've got company. Oh, evening, gentlemen. What can I do for you? Two of your best, strongest ciders, please. Oh, come in for a first taste, have you? Well, I can tell you it's the best you'll ever get. <laughs> You, the two gentlemen from London, will be staying here. That's right. We've just arrived. Well, have a good holiday. Not exactly the right time of the year, but you struck it lucky. Weather be that fine and hot the last week. Suppose it'll break with a storm sooner or later. There we are. Thank you. Uh, place it on the bill, Boone. Of course. I think you're wrong, you know, Adam. Why not try to get to know Mr. Mason better? Well, here's to your much improved health, Holmes. What? Oh, oh, yes, 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 good health. Yes, uh, good evening. I, is it possible to have a glass of wine? Uh, well, yes, uh, we've got some French stuff, but uh, it's by the bottle only, you understand? Oh, yes, yes, uh, of course, uh, thank you. Uh, I'm all right, good night, Jean. Oh, early are you? Night, Adam. Oh, uh, please, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Leach. Mr. Leach, you know me, my name is... Well... Strange things are going on here tonight. Who was that? A French gentleman named Jules Lebrun, who arrived in Paris quite recently and intends to return there once his business here is completed. Holmes, how can you possibly know that? You haven't even met the man. Uh, no, but I signed the hotel register after he did, and it's very easy to add up. Two and two make five, if you have any imagination at all. Uh, oh, you were right, madame. Excellent cider. Evening, Martha. I didn't see Miss Leach go out. That's right. Oh, what a pity. I was hoping to have a word with him in here. Oh, if you ask me, I wouldn't bother him right now. He don't seem in none too good a humor. I'd play a waiting game if I was you. Slowly, don't you? You mentioned me. Aye. And he wasn't too friendly. Take it easy, my boy, and you'll stand a chance. Otherwise... Oh, I suppose I you're right. I'll have a pint of ale in mind. Right you are. Oh, uh, meet Mr. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. Down from London, they be. This is Christopher Mason. Oh, good evening to you. You're on holiday, are you? Uh, yes, that's right. In a fine spot, it looks, too. Oh, Lizard Point is a rare place, and no mistake. Take a turn up on the cliffs when the moon comes out. You'll see. It's like a fairyland. There you are, then. Oh, thank you, Martha. And here's to your good health, gentlemen. May you have a very pleasant stay. Cheers. Mason was an agreeable young man. He sat chatting to us for half an hour or so, and then the landlord came through to advise us that supper was ready. Afterwards, we took Christopher Mason's advice and strolled the cliffs. The moon was up, far out over the silver water. It was enchanting. That young man was right. 
The visual effect from here is amazing. Mm, breathtaking. I don't think I've seen anything like it. Well, that I take it is Cliff House. That's where the man Adam Leach must live with his daughter. Oh, his daughter? Yes, of course. Christopher Mason is in love with her and the old man doesn't approve. That much of the scenario is clear already. Holmes, <laughs> you'll never change. Here we are in a wonderland of scenic beauty, and you're already more interested in the ordinary problems of the local people. Oh, come, come on. Let's walk back to the inn. Oh, you think I exaggerate, Watson? Then look carefully down there. There, on the beach path. Two lovers, if ever I saw a pair. No? I followed Holmes' pointing fingers. Yes, there, sure enough, was a man and woman held in tight embrace. Well, they had an ideal setting for their romantic evening. I wished them happiness. We turned, walked swiftly back to the inn, had a nightcap in the sitting room, and said good night. I think I slept better than I had in years. I know Holmes did, because he was still sound asleep when I rose to bath and shave. The morning was quite glorious. We decided upon a walk before breakfast. Glorious morning, Holmes. Yes, a really beautiful spot. And I'm glad you recommended this, Watson. Well, two weeks of this and you'll be a new man. Ah, look, we aren't the only ones about. Here comes that French gentleman. Uh, what's his name? Jules Lebrun. Yes, it seems he doesn't wish to greet us. He's turned and deliberately gone the other way. Oh, well, he's probably quicker back by the path he's taken. Uh, shall we walk down to those rocks? Seems that they form a natural pool. Ideal for swimming, I should say. Yes, and someone has already made use of it by the look of things. Is that not Christopher Mason, a towel round his shoulders? He must have got up bright and early. Yes, and I think he's seen us. Yes, coming up this way. Hello there. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Holmes. Dr. Watson, what a lovely morning it is. Yes, makes one feel good to be alive. Oh, you've been for a swim? Oh, just a quick tip right over there. Oh, you don't use that natural rock pool. For sure, that's safe enough. Oh, yes, but I haven't got time this morning. Got a, I've got a lot to do. Excuse me. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> What's he in a hurry about, I wonder? Oh, Holmes, this is exactly right for both of us. Peace and quiet, fresh air, good food, no troubles at all. Well, come on. Let's step it up. This is the rock pool. Must be careful how we climb down slippery. Look at the color of the water. It's all kinds of... Watson? Watson, you may not be correct in saying all is peace here. Look, there. There on the beach between the rocks. Great. Heavens, it looks like... Like a man's body floating face down. Quickly, Watson, quickly. Down here. On the beach. Here, Watson. Come. Come, give me a hand. Help me. Drag him out and onto the shingle here. Uh, uh, right, right, right. I, I, no, no, come on, Where? That's it. Heavens, come. Poor fellow, he's, he's dead, I'm afraid. No point of trying to revive him. Drowned, of course. No, not at all. It's the old man, Adam Leach, killed by a vicious blow at the back of the head. Not the traditional blunt instrument either. Look at that wound. Surely it could only have been made by something like a pickaxe. For one moment I stood and stared at the dead man. I've seen some dreadful wounds upon the human body in my time, but never one of such a peculiar nature. It was, as Holmes said, the sort of injury that would be sustained by a blow from a pickaxe. 
I found it puzzling. But there was no time for speculation. We raised the alarm immediately. Men were summoned from the inn and the body, covered in canvas, was removed to the local mortuary. The one and only police constable was summoned and an urgent message sent to the police station in Falmouth. It seemed quite natural that Sherlock Holmes should take charge. It seems that you've all heard of the unfortunate death of Adam Leach of Cliff House. I must ask you all to remain calm. It is a most regrettable tragedy. One can only assume that he went for his usual morning swim and was overcome with cramp and, while floundering, crashed his head against the rocks and drowned. Aye. Adam, he always took a morning swim down there when the weather was good. Uh, like you say, Mr. Ross, we must all be calm. Inspector Brendan from Falmouth will be here soon and he'll take charge. Meantime, someone has got the tally bomb. Aye, poor girl. She'll be that heartbroken. Yvonne, I take it as Adam's daughter. In which case, I think I should like to go out to Cliff House with you, Mr. Mason. You will be anxious to be with the young lady when she hears the news, will you? Yes, yes, of course. Well, I just can't believe this. It's, it's, a, well, it's unreal. Yes, of course, I, I must go to you, Ron. Right. A constable, perhaps you'll wait for the inspector. Come along. Let's get up to Cliff House. Yvonne Leach was a young, attractive girl. Well-spoken and neatly dressed. She was deathly pale, but in no way hysterical. Good morning. You are Mr. Sherlock Holmes, and, and you, Dr. Watson. Thank you for coming up here with Christopher. We can only say how sorry we are. It's a great tragedy. I've often warned Father about taking exercise so early in the morning. He was always an active man. Didn't seem to realize that he was no longer young. I suppose it was an accident, wasn't it, Mr. Holmes? Why should you think otherwise? Did your father have any enemies? None that I've been aware of until recently. Oh, he was not very likable in many ways. He had a vicious temper and always wanted his own way. He resented Christopher, for instance. There's no point in denying that. But father usually came round and compromised. It, it's going to be hard to, to think I shall ever see him again. I, I'm sorry. You said your father had no enemies until recently. What did you mean by that? Well, it started about six weeks ago. He received a letter from France. At least it had a French postmark. And from then he appeared strained, even frightened. And then, then last night he had an unexpected visitor. I was in my room. I didn't hear the man arrive, but I did hear voices coming from here, this room. I wondered who it was and if Father needed anything. So I left my room and came down here. I didn't enter because it was quite clear that they were quarreling. I heard Father say... You shan't get a penny. Really? Not a penny. An unwise decision, Leach. You know that you will have to pay in some way or another. I think paying in money is better than paying with a year or so in jail, don't you? I refuse. Not a penny. I don't believe you have any evidence at all about what happened in Paris. In any case, that was so many years ago that no one will take the slightest interest in your feeble accusations. <laughs> that I should not bet on. The families who suffered are still alive. They will remember. They will demand retribution, whereas uh, if you agree to the sale of the letters, then all will be peace and quiet once more. After all, what is a hundred pounds to a man like you? No. I said no. Yeah. Look, the letters. No, I got it. You really are anxious to have the letters destroyed, aren't you? You don't think I'd be stupid enough to bring them with me tonight, do you? These are only the empty envelopes. No, I still have the letters. 
and they are still for sale. But now that I am sure you want them, the price goes up. I want 500 pounds now. What? A nice round figure. Oh. 500, and I promise you I will hand them over and leave for France by the next package steamer. What do you say? I say get out. Take your blasted letters. Get out of my house and stay out. Oh, go on, do your worst. Get out of my sight while you're still alive. And if you ever set foot in this house again, I'll, I'll kill you. Very well. I will go. But you will live to regret this, Adam Leach. That is, if you continue to live at all. Good night. I was in the hall. I stepped back and concealed myself behind the curtains by the stair windows. I was able to see the strangers he left. A tall, dark man, smartly dressed and top-hearted. Oh, Jules Lebrun, the foreigner from the Seagull Inn. I know it was. He's the only French-speaking visitor in these parts. This is most interesting. Well, thank you for telling me, Miss Leach. I think you'll be having a visit from Inspector Brendan of the Falmouth Police later on. I advise you to confide this to him. Very well. But I, I do not wish to cause more trouble. Whatever happens, it can't bring Father back, can it? I could tell that Holmes already scented a crime. As we walked slowly back to the inn, he hardly spoke. He studied the nature of the scenery, watched seabirds of all kinds wheeling their way high above the jagged cliffs, and paid particular attention to the nature of the rocks that formed the pool where old Adam was found. Uh, no, no, it couldn't have been an accident, Watson. You mean the man wasn't drowned, Holmes? No, a post-mortem will show that he was killed by a tremendous blow on the back of the head. It was not caused by crashing against the rocks. If that had been so, the body would have shown him signs of cuts and bruises all over. There, was, there wasn't another mark on him. The puzzling thing is that the blow must have been caused while he was in the water. Now, now the water in that pool is deep. We know that. It was hard for us to get at him and pull him out. Yes, within a matter of a few paces, the bottom falls away by several feet. But, Holmes, if the man was swimming, and he would have had to have been, how could anyone have delivered a blow to the back of his head? The wound was actually at the base of the skull. Exactly. But that means that if he was swimming when it happened, he he would have had to be swimming underwater. Yes, exactly. Yes, this case grows more interesting the more one studies it. But could could anyone have, have thrown anything like a, a, a spear, a fisherman's gap? I can't see where they could have thrown it from. No, no, I don't think that's the answer. I have a theory. It's just a theory, but... Well, enough of the speculation. Let us return to the inn and see if the good inspector has arrived. The inspector had arrived and was in the process of interviewing the local inhabitants. None of them could throw any light upon the tragedy. All gave testimony to the rather violent character of the dead man and agreed upon his physical strength and habit of taking regular early morning swims in that particular part of the beach. Then the inspector was told by the landlord that Jules Le Brun who had said he might wish to stay for a fortnight, had requested his bill. He wished to leave immediately. I wish to leave. Why I have shortened my stay here is really no one's business but my own. I go back to Paris as soon as possible. Ah, uh, well, I suppose we can't stop you, monsieur. But I'd be grateful if you could answer a few questions. Um, the dead man, Adam Leach. You knew him? No. Uh, that is uh, only slightly. I, I had some business dealings with him years ago. I, I came into the bar last night... He was just leaving. I followed him out into the lane. We greeted each other, had a few moments' conversation, and then, uh, then we parted. I have not seen him since, and know nothing about how he was drowned. He was not drowned, monsieur. He was killed by a blow at the base of his skull. 
Good morning, Inspector. I'm Sherlock Holmes. And this man is lying. He came here for the express purpose of blackmailing Adam Leach. He went up to Cliff House last night, and there was a violent quarrel between the two men. His daughter, Yvonne, overheard the whole affair. He ended by threatening to kill Leach. He was also on the beach this morning, shortly before Watson and I found the body. Oh, is that so? Well, in which case, I'm afraid I shall have to insist that you do not leave here, monsieur. On the contrary, I'll have to take you in. You'll have to come to Falmouth for questioning right away. Oh, this is ridiculous. I, I deny it all. I, I, you cannot hold me against... The Bruin was led away protesting vehemently. Holmes seemed quite satisfied. And when the carriage taking the Frenchman left for Falmouth, Holmes went with it. He didn't ask me to come with him, and I knew this was one of those occasions when he wished to be alone. I didn't mind. The sudden tragedy had put a blight upon the day. I decided upon a long walk across the cliffs to clear my mind and restore my spirits. And by the time I got back, it was late in the afternoon. To my amazement, I found Holmes, the inspector, and Christopher Mason in the kitchen of the inn. A large side of ham stretched on a table. Holmes was in the process of tying something to the ham. Ah, Watson, good. You'll have some time to witness an experiment that may clear up our mystery. Holmes, what is this? There is a sizable chunk of ham pinned down to a plank of wood, and, and you're now tying a fish on the top of the ham. Yes, quite. It appears a most bizarre mess, doesn't it? But come, I think this is ready. Now, we shall take ourselves down to that rock pool, and I will show you how Adam Leach was killed. Come. Now, you see, we float this strange contraption out into the calmer waters of this large rock pool. And see, it floats just below the surface. Only the silver glint of the fish appears visible. Come, stand way back. Way back, and wait, and watch. Now, look here, Mr. Holmes. This is some kind of joke. Not at all. The local man must surely have guessed at the solution. Might I remind you of two things? Adam Leach, although an elderly man, was mightily strong. He used to do a great deal of underwater swimming. And the sitting room of his house is filled with precious shells gathered from the bottom of the sea. He dived many times, searching with his head just below the surface of the water. He had a mane of white hair, did he not? It must have streamed behind him as he swam. And from way above could look exactly like the fish out there in the calm waters. Now, now look, look at the sky. <laughs> Birds wheeling around. What are they? They're all different types. Yes, but one in particular, the cormorant, the bird fish. That dives at incredible speed down like a hawk, only much faster and with far more strength. It crashes through the waves and takes the fish in its beak. If anything stands in its way, well, look. Now, look. your killer, Inspector? It was some hours later that, back at the inn, Holmes went over the whole case again in detail. We had all assumed that Adam Leach's death had been part of the local intrigues, his daughter's forbidden love affair, the treacherous blackmailing of Jules Lebrun. But it simply wasn't so. I've always said, Watson... That when everything else has been ruled out in a case, whatever is left, however impossible, must be the answer. In this case, no one could have delivered that death blow. We've seen from examining the side of hand that the gash caused by the enormous beak of the diving cormorant was exactly the same as the wound at the base of the dead man's neck. Oh, it's quite the most extraordinary death I've ever heard of, Holmes. 
Yeah, I, I'm glad it wasn't murder, as I thought. Mm, justice will be done. Lebrun will be let off with a warning. And Yvonne Leach will doubtless marry Christopher Mason. And we, my dear Watson, will be able to resume our holiday. And now, enjoy it to the full. Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson.